and we are Abby and Caitlin, and we work at Deland Gibson Insurance, an insurance agency in Wellesley, Massachusetts. As 24-year-olds that have a crazy obsession with pop culture, we decided to create a podcast. We started our podcast to take the latest pop culture and relate it to important insurance topics that we work with in the office every single day. We work with our sales team to assess and lower our clients' total cost of risk. And we're chicks! So last week we talked about employment practices and invited our head of HR, Margaret Short, to give a lot more information and insight on how this affects many companies of any size. That episode ties into our conversation today. Today we are taking a deeper dive into wage and hour and similar claims. While insurance is in our Delan Gibson name, we are way more than just insurance. Today is a great example of that. In fact, for wage and hour, insurance is not an effective way to manage your risk because there is minimal to no coverage in the marketplace. But you can still manage this risk through policies and procedures in the workplace. Today, we have Ryan Tipping here with us for round two on the podcast. (laughs) He is the managing partner of Grip HR, who is related to Deland Gibson and has some great insight on lowering your risk for wage and hour. Hey there, thanks for having me back on. Excited to dive deeper into uh, an issue that's affecting basically every employer out there. Yeah, and it's really important and very well known in the pop culture world too. We found some awesome stories. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I remember watching like the Oscars for me is like a national holiday. I get so excited for it. But um, I remember seeing a ton of like acceptance speeches on like award shows that um, a lot of women would be talking about like equal pay and the whole wage and hour thing and getting paid overtime and all of that. So uh, we found a bunch of stories that totally relate relate to this. We're gonna, just going to go over a few of them. But Mario Batali being one of them. Is he the chef that wears the Crocs? Yeah. I think most chefs wear Crocs. <laughs> he wears Crocs. He's like famous for his Crocs. But anyway, so um, one of or his... Clogs. The clogs, <laughs> wooden clogs. That sounds uncomfortable. Um, but anyway, one of his bussers at uh, one of his really famous restaurants was claimed he was shortchanged overtime pay and his full minimum wage lawsuits. And he was also arguing about tipped wages, which is something I want to ask you, Ryan, later on. Sure. So that was one of his issues. Um, we see. Not- not sure that's his largest HR issue, but probably not. But <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> definitely but not. It ties into our chat. But, 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 but it is. But it's it definitely an HR issue. It for relates him. to the episode, so we're talking about it now. Um, Mariah Carey was also one of them. So, have you guys ever watched her like documentary show? And how like high maintenance she is. So, like this one, I totally understand. Yeah, it's her personal assistant. I know. Right? So her former personal assistant, who was her assistant from 2007 to 20, to 2014, which is a pretty long time, claimed he worked overtime, specifically up to 16 hours a day, seven days a week, and was not compensated. He said that she, um, or she also said that she is owed for 4,000 hours of overtime that she was not paid for over those. Seven years, you said 2007. Yeah, that's 4,000 total hours. Yeah, we can get into how much it's actually going to cost. Yeah. But it's treble damages, meaning 3x just on the base, plus interest on that money from the day that she was supposed to be paid, and penalties and fines. Right. So, so would how, be, how would that be, like, reported? What do you mean? So, like, this personal assistant, like, is she given a salary and given, like, you know, we walk into this office and my hours are, like, 8.30 to 4.30. Like, is that, does she so, technically would have to keep track of that? It's usually on the contract, right? Well, it's uh, the, the offer letter um, mm-hmm. really helps out with that, but that's not the only 
and we're diving into it early, getting into the story. Yeah. Um, but that's not the only. You can write a contract; doesn't mean it's a legal contract. Mm-hmm. It has to pass some laws, and there's there's protections that workers have so that employers can't take advantage of them. Um, there are tests that we'll go into, I think, a little later yep. about whether or not a job is eligible or not. It's called exempt or non-exempt uh, from wage and hour laws uh, or, or statutes. Um, this one, personal assistants usually are not exempt um, unless there's some specific items or very delineated job descriptions that, mm-hmm. that allow them to do that. Um, but usually it would be an hourly rate. Um, people want to pay them differently. Um, but they can't. Legally, they're not supposed to. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, the the assistant would file a claim with the Department of Labor. The best part about it is, at that point, it's not on the worker to pay any legal fees or do any due diligence. The Department of Labor does that for them. So it's really a great, great system for employees to make sure that they're protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, situation also happened with Lady Gaga. Um, Her former personal assistant was also claiming she was not compensated for a lot of overtime hours that she worked. Um, She only worked for 13 months, and she was owed over 7,000 hours of overtime pay. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's not possible. Is that? 13 hours of overtime pay. There's only, in a given year, 40 hours a week. Yeah. Every week with no vacation would be two thousand, so two thousand forty hours. So you're you can't have you can't you can't have more. Than, I'm not good at math. Like, I didn't, I didn't no, listen, it's, I'm just reading words. No, it's just seven thousand seems ridiculous because. So do you think? Okay, so wait, is this another issue? Is she maybe like lying about this? Oh, I I think she's lying. So that's not, yeah. So there's a total of. 8,760 hours possible in a given year. So, so that would only had to work 1,760 hours. Yeah. So, so, so if, you, huh. if you take out the baseline hours of 2080, that's 6,680 hours. Meaning that she would have. She would have you working literally 24 hours. She would literally be working. She would never. She has not slept in one full year. <laughs> <laughs> or has not taken a, a time meal lunch break that was exactly not. Now, yeah. if, and now if it was a situation where she's claiming because she was on tour or never got home or never was stopped like never had downtime on her own yeah it's literally every moment of the year of her life would be 13 months and that's because so sh- this is probably yeah so then she's probably lying or exaggerating or exaggerating or, or or they're yeah or they're logging in incorrectly or they're they're using a calculation that so something it could also be that it makes more sense to have 700 not 7,000 I would expect this to come from Mariah Carey and not Lady Gaga though well you know (laughs) it it, it could have been something that the the contract they wrote um, was a and this is goes into HR why you need to engage a good HR consultant they didn't write the offer letter properly. Yeah. Where they didn't have this time when you're off, you're sleeping, or even on tour. Yeah. This time is off, this time is not. If you don't have that written down, you have no defense. So it dates back to the offer letter, basically. It comes back to the offer yeah. letter in, in your job description, which is really your only two documents of defense against the wage and hour claims to have that done mm-hmm. well. Not saying it's going to be perfect or going to be a you know gold shield around you, but it's 
it's a it's a it's really the only thing you can start with. Mm-hmm. Once you, if you don't have that, you're going to lose. Period. The end. Right. End of. Interesting. So. Yeah. So just the last one. I know there's a lot more stories out there, but the last one was Busta Rhymes got busted by his chauffeur, and he was sued for an also not being paid overtime. So kind of all these stories kind of wrap up into just. So that's their employees. that brings me to a question about a chauffeur. Would their hours be the time that they are driving? Or does that count of the times they wait outside for them to come back out? Wait outside as well. Um, it does. If they're on call, mm-hmm. um, they're they working. Yeah, because sometimes like I'll be with friends in New York and there's limos with chauffeurs outside just like chilling there. And I always kind of wondered if their hours counted as that. I know that no, like... No, no big deal. She goes out with people who have chauffeurs. I was going to say, I'm like, where's my chauffeur? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in New York. My friends have chauffeurs. No, but it's like so common in big cities like that. You just see limos outside yeah. of these restaurants waiting for people. Well, it's probably celebrities or someone of importance. But I've kind of always wondered that of like, yeah, no, are they the, paid to wait? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely paid to wait. I mean, if you rent a party bus... I was Say, we rented time. a party bus for Abby's big 21st birthday and like I know that you know when we paid for it we had to pay for you know from we went to a concert but when he dropped us off at the concert and him waiting like during the concert yeah, those hours the totally, whole time whole, basically yeah. you're paying them for any time that they cannot be doing something else okay that that's makes not, sense that's not, that's not a, like the quote unquote perfect legal analysis but for intents and purposes, the best way to think is, is you're paying them for things when they can't be doing something else. Mm-hmm. That's when you pay I them. feel like for chauffeurs, it would be very easy to log <laughs> overtime. Well, Probably. Like to, and at least would, to get to that would, point of it, where it could become an issue. I feel well, like that's it depends that's on, yeah, because so like maybe he goes, starts at the studio at 10 a.m. and then, you know, goes home, gets changed, goes out at night until 4 a.m., not knowing Buster Rhymes' party habits, but <laughs> but you know that means that they're that person's been working overtime. Right. Everything past eight hours, or even just waiting. Oh, everything past eight hours. Everything okay. past eight hours in well, because I'm assuming this is in California. Um, each caveat: every state is different. Every state has its own laws, so that's important. Please contact your local HR consultant. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you really have to be cognizant of where. Um, the person is doing the work. Right. Because those laws count for where the person is doing the work, not where your company is located, but where the person is doing the work. It's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Especially when the headquarters is like, say it's in Connecticut, but there, there's people that work in Massachusetts, it would be Massachusetts laws. Massachusetts laws. Right. right. So oh, it's yeah. crazy f- to think about that it can change when it's like an hour. Or if someone lives in Connecticut and drives to Massachusetts. Yeah. All right. Should we get into some Q&A? Sure. So, Ryan, what are the top things to look for with wage and hour? So, there's no real single test you can do. There's a kind of three tests to go to walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, the, particularly wage and hour is one of the few uh, items in our legal system that are a preponderance of evidence versus any individual item. Um, so, first one that's the easiest one to understand is it must be paid two times minimum wage. Uh, so wherever you are, find out your, what your minimum wage is. Mm-hmm. Federal minimum wage is seven dollars and fifty cents. Here in Massachusetts, it's I think twelve or thirteen. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so basically, you're making fifty thousand um, dollars a year, or nine hundred and sixty dollars a week, um, to be qualified as exempt. If you're under that, you're considered non-exempt, meaning hourly and eligible for overtime. 
Okay. Second test is whether or not you are um, able to dictate your own time, your own processes, and own your own uh, prioritization, basically. If you can sit down at your desk and say, I've got these deliverables at this time, I can work on them as I want, how I want to get it done to deliver a product project, that leans more towards exempt than non-exempt. If we were going to say, hey, you need, at 12.05, you need to be doing this. At 1.02, you have to start doing this process. process then you're being dictated what to do. A lot of um, customer service roles um, would, would fall under the, you have to do things at certain times. So. The last one is whether or not you're managing a process or people, meaning you have ownership and are able to, to, to dictate how that is done. Mm -hmm. So it's really about taking, if you, if you have ownership of your day and your processes or people, you, you tend to go more towards exempt. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Back to when you were talking about the customer service where it's kind of like you said that, that you're doing something at a certain time. Would that be like you must be on the phones and available to talk from like 10 to 2 or something like that? Yeah. Like that's what you mean by that? Exactly. So okay. a, a good example of that is if you have – if well, here here at Delaney Gibson and, and Grip, we, we have office hours, um, 8.30 to 4.30. Um, you're – and everyone is expected to be here. It's not like we're docking pay if you're not here at a certain time. Right. Or if you leave early or something like that, It's you're, you're paid your day. So that leads into my next question of how many hours per day, per week, can an employee work? We touched upon the overtime. Yeah. But could you just take a deeper dive and give us some more information about that? Sure. Uh, this is kind of done on a state-by-state -state level, um, so or even a county-by-county county if you're in California. So please... Um, this is just example of, it's not actually your area. Um, Massachusetts, for example, uh, overtime starts at over 40 hours a week. Um, there are no other restrictions if you are of age, meaning 18, on your work. You could work 50 hours in two and a half days, and that would be okay. Wouldn't we recommend that if you're doing anything that requires <laughs> thinking? Um, but, you know, it, you know, there are some... I can remember a time when I was working in, in Hollywood where we had um, sound engineers working 20-hour um, days for almost two weeks, meaning they would have a t almost work a full two, day two days in a row yeah. for 40 hours in a row and then take an eight hours, go to sleep for eight hours. We ended up paying them triple triple time because of California laws. That's crazy. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So really got to look at your individual statutes. Um, your, you know, HR team should be able to help you with that specifically. Um, you know, great great places to go is to go to your state website. You know, I think it's Mars is dol.gov slash mass. Um, could be a really good one for that. Or mass.gov. I don't think I've ever heard of triple time. Neither have I. Well, that, that's in the, the con their contracts. They have a union is contract, it? which has it, yeah. Because I was going to say, for those, like, they, they also, for those they also like kinds of they also jobs. Had, they also had quad time. Is it so, by, like, kind of job sector? Like, yeah, so there's probably only certain kind of jobs. Yeah. Well, you just said union. Yeah. So, but I was going to say, wow, I have never really heard yeah, of so that. Th those sound engineers are making almost $400 an hour. Wow. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they, but they were. Yeah. But, like, they weren't sleeping either. Right. So. Uh, 
ish. ish. It's like Lady Gaga's <laughs> assistant. Yeah. Not sleeping for a full year. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Yeah. So we kind of have mentioned the policies and procedures that we're talking about. So how can an employer avoid being sued by an employee? Um, first and foremost, I think it's important to um, understand that if you're going to go into the overtime realm, if you're going to work your employees um, and you're going to know you're going to have overtime, make sure you write great job descriptions. Make sure you have good offer letters that spell out exactly what it is. That is your really your first starting point of defense. Um, secondly, shouldn't really have too much. You should do have a better capacity plan, so that's overtime should be the exception, not the rule. Um, because you'll, you know, having less people on overtime means you're going to have less people to sue you. Um, but I think the biggest one, as I said, the, the, the job description, really spelling out what their roles and responsibilities are, mm-hmm. um, really is your best defense. And that's something we can definitely advise on. Yes. Uh, that, that is something that we are, um, I hate using the word expert. It makes me feel really cocky and <laughs> a little hubris but I feel that we you know I, I do feel that the team here is I would say expert and we have a lot of support um, and resources to, to do do the legwork for you um, in getting that that right for you because the, there's so many traps there's so many holes um, the DOL is you know, you know going after you know wage an hour more and more Mm-hmm. There are more lawsuits than ever before. I think was it, what was the stat four four X in the last two years. Um, you know that's it, it's it's coming and and it's there. And if you don't have a good policy and good policies and procedures to cover that, it's not going to work. I think that comes back to kind of the whole like Delane Gibson goal of being a trusted advisor and kind of bringing in the grip HR aspect of that this summer. Uh, Ryan was on earlier in July and kind of did an overview of Grip HR in general, but this is kind of taking a deeper dive into the value that Grip HR can bring right. to people. And it's not only through insurance, it's through the other four ways as well. Um, and I think that that's a huge value to kind of keep having Ryan come on for these things that aren't insurance related, but are still extremely important to any business. As they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Meaning it's so much more cost effective for you to get out ahead of this, mitigate and prevent these kind of issues than have to face this at the end. I mean, I think we talked about it earlier. There's when you get if this if you are found in violation of this, there are treble damages on the wages. There are fines. There are interest and then legal costs on top. It's. I hate using the word foolish, but I think there's, it's foolish not to think about these things mm-hmm. and just get it fixed first. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on again today and uh, giving us some more information on wage and hour and how it affects many companies, employees, and employers. And basically that, you know, the right move is to come talk to us. We can advise you on where, where to take your company and to avoid um, really bad lawsuits at the end. So well, it was very great. important. <laughs> Th- thanks for having me on. It was great, great being here and uh, I always enjoy it. It was fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's great.
It's so fun. So much fun. So fun. So much fun to talk about lawsuits. Yay. And Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. And Lady Gaga's assistant that hasn't slept in a year. I was about to start singing Shallow, but then I'm like, our listeners' ears are going to start bleeding. So it's best if we just avoid that. Yeah, I'd love to look more into that one because that just doesn't make 7,000 hours. Right? I was, I remember reading. I'm like, okay, you know what? It just, it would mean that she didn't have a day off. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. Ever? Maybe. maybe that's why she's... Maybe she was up listening. Maybe she just loved Lady Gaga so, so much, but then realized I, that it was so wrong. Are you sure it wasn't a stalker? It could have been a stalker. It could have been a stalker that was like, I was working for her keeping her safe. Yeah. And <laughs> for 7, I was looking out for this 7, girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll work out. For the next episode, we're going to do a quick spin-off from the regular Risky Chicks mojo into... <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah! Quick episode about the big change to the Paid Family Medical Leave Act in the state of Massachusetts that officially began on October 1st of 2019. Remember not to get yourself caught up in... Risky Business. <laughs>